take 23. Is that all? I don't know. Ten. Okay. Three, two, one. Welcome to the Legendarium. We, we, we've been trying to do this one now for about 15 minutes. So if our episode is a little short, you know why. Oh, come on. We've been trying to do this one for two months. <laughs> well, some of us have been trying to do this for two months. Some of us might have been avoiding it for two months. <laughs> uh, but whatever it is, we have been having a good time. I don't know uh, who up. that would be. <laughs> I'm sure no one else does either. I was very excited. We're glad you're I have you're been excited. bugging you hourly to record this been, episode. You kind of have been blowing up my phone about that. Hourly yeah, really about recording that. this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording the second half of TMS Wrath. And some of us are probably less excited about it than others. Maybe. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> you're, if nothing else, you're excited to be done. With this one? With, the, well, with, with everything we're yeah. done? No, no. <gasps> Dang it. No. I will, well, you had me excited. And yeah, no, no we, I'm kidding. I know there's one I more I didn't book. even bring your drink. I'm sorry. You, you mm -hmm. had her at, we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are excited to be closing in on this. I'm sure that there are several other people that have been saying, why are you taking so long? And we're working on it. We're finishing it off. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you engage with us on Discord. Make sure you check us out on YouTube if you're watching, if you're listening to this. If you're watching this, make sure you uh, download us and uh, follow us on wherever you get your fine podcast material from. We have no idea what number this is. I'm sure it's a bigger number than anybody thought we would ever make it to as far as podcast, as far as especially us. <laughs> I, there were days I didn't think we were anyway we won't go there I am but I am so excited about this because I finished reading the book listening to the book the day we finished the other podcast <laughs> <laughs> so I've been dying and now here we are this. and here we are Ken do you well wait a minute before we do the recap on a scale of on a scale of one to one to one to ten we'll do one to ten because everybody does one to ten okay. on a scale of one to ten how where where would you put yourself on enjoying the end of this book? Um, eight. Okay. Okay. It's been it's been so long since I finished it that uh, <laughs> I had to go back and read it again. I I would say it was a, a solid eight. Okay. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it is done. Four. <laughs> I didn't like the end of this one. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. I'll apologize on behalf of the authors. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I expect a written letter in the mail apologizing for writing these books. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> I am so kidding. Dear Stephanie, we're so sorry you didn't like our life's work. <laughs> and we're laughing to the bank. Um, <laughs> Once again, I will reiterate, these are not bad books. They are just not they're my not, they're not of books. Yeah, they're not your I say this. Every episode, you know, and the and the best thing is that they're not bad. We we kind of roped you in at the beginning, and at the beginning you were like, "Yeah, okay, I'm coming along," and now we're like dragging you along through the end, and you have been such a good these, sport about these it. Are I really hard. appreciate it. But anyway, Todd, what number would you rank the ending of these? Probably, <laughs> probably about an eight and a half, uh, maybe a nine. Uh, I I'm trying to decide what it would take for me to to rank it as a ten. Um, I, I, I really, I, I, we will get into some of the things that I loved about it because I just was <laughs> like a kid in a candy store. Uh, in fact, Todd makes recording these episodes really easy I because know. he has so much to say. <laughs> and so, and so I don't have to say yeah, much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and uh, to be fair, uh, I just am finishing my third time through the end of the book right before we walked in the door. So I've, Man, I really enjoyed it. He loves the science. I, I love the science, but I also loved some things that they did with the, with level one, level two, level three, all of them across the board. I think this book, I really, really enjoyed. Now, I recognize that's probably not going to be true for Most lots people. of people. <laughs> <laughs> Most normal people. Uh, but but I really I really think on, on all cylinders, this one did really well for me. Nice. So, Ken, you wants have to do his recap. Uh, yeah, does, I well, hope he has a recap. He's like waving the iPad in front of us. Well, like, it, I recap. Well, doing doing part <laughs> one, uh, the part one recap, you know, by the seat of my pants was so successful that I decided to write a recap this time. Well, <laughs> everyone thanks you. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Okay, so if nothing happened in the first part, we're making up for it in the second part. And holy cow, how I hate being wrong until I'm right. 
and then totally wrong again. (laughs) 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 This book, it just throws them at you, right? I mean, holy cow. All right. Our heroes waste no time putting their crazy plan into action now that the typhoon is gone and the slow zone is the Wild West and Duarte is catatonic. Bobby and the Storm take their antimatter bomb literally to the heart of the heart of the Tempest taking a PDC round and sacrificing yourself to liberate Saul's system. But hey, bright side, at least the princess of Freehold no longer has to foment mutiny. She gets the shit ball to herself. <laughs> we look at the bright sides here. That's all. I love that. The princess of Freehold. I can't remember her name still. I just... oh, Jillian. And... Yes. The princess of Freehold. <laughs> Jillian Houston. There we go. And uh, also, Stephanie was completely wrong. I can't remember why she was wrong, but there was something in the first episode that you said was going to happen, and then it chose... Oh, oh, you were like, uh, they might do this, uh, but I don't think it's going to happen in the first... I don't... No, I don't remember. I think you said that you didn't think they were going to go nuke the Heart of the Tempest, and then in the... Or the... Yeah, Heart of the Tempest. Heart of the Tempest. And then they did. And so I was like, oh, Stephanie was wrong. You just really wanted to point out that I was wrong. Happens, you don't even know what personal. I was wrong it about. It happens so infrequently, and now we're off into no man's Don't worry. So we're going to claim got, that Ken is wrong because he can't actually support his facts I got, of what I am wrong about. I got if, plenty of evidence to, to um, support why I am wrong. So, uh, <laughs> Girls, girls, you're both pretty. Let's keep right. going forward with anyway, this recap. Meanwhile, on Laconia, with her father babbling and drooling, Teresa is ordered to stay in her room. So naturally, she sneaks out. And lead security right to our favorite covert freedom fighter. And my heart broke a little bit when Amos takes a headshot while Teresa, while he's shielding Teresa. My sentimental old heart sunk just a little, but it'll probably be okay. (laughs) So, with Laconia's overwhelming force crumbling, Naomi still arranging chess pieces from Oberon seems as the optimal moment to rally all the remaining little guys and ride them up for one big strike at the heart of the evil empire. It actually does turn out to be a good time because Laconia is kind of in chaos, especially after Space Duarte wakes up and shocking twist. I was totally wrong here. Turns Psycho Doctor into Pink Mist. Holy smoke. (laughs) Did not see that coming. That's like the French in 1940. I did not see that coming. (laughs) Oh, man. You are on one today. I'm telling you. All right, it's going to be a chaos. sassy episode. Oh, man. <laughs> Amid the chaos, Teresa Springs Holden, who after eight books of not wanting to be a power player, steers right into it and secretly plays the longest of long games and makes all the chaos happen. And they rendezvous with a riding again, Rosinante, along with a newly proto-Amos. I don't know. Proto-Amos and a dog. Sort of. You got to have a dog. Yeah. Muskrat. So. A dog named Muskrat. That's right. Sounds what like a book. Heck? Oh, it does sound like a book. We could work on that. You have fun. Little muskrat love. <laughs> the whole thing told from muskrat's perspective. <laughs> All I right. might read that book. And so now we've cleared the brush and we can get to the fire. Clarissa dead. Bobby dead. Amos dead. Trey's a part of the resistance and LV put in the perfect spot to access the super backup computer and try to avoid total annihilation at the hands of the proto monsters. Wow. Proto monster killers. Proto monster killers. Proto monster killers. That's now right. That sounds like a heavy metal band. That is right. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) there's so much that I just don't even really have a whole lot of questions, except where do we go from here? That's my question. Where do we go from here? We go to a great big green diamond. Yeah. In the shape of a planet. Yeah. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. Lots of fun stuff. All right. So so if there was one moment in this uh, now, when, when, when I, when I finished this the first time, and then said to myself, holy crap, and went back and tried to start finishing it the second time. Uh, I found myself, I, I found myself trying to think, how long is this taking? Um, are, are, did you guys have the same sense that, because in, the, in the, the jump from the previous book to the beginning of this one was long period of time. Well, or, excuse it was me. like, what, three the, years? It was, it was three to five. I was like, isn't Holden been from, well, it was, it was four years from last book to this book. The previous one was decades, right? Yeah. But then we get to the end of this book and it feels like it's taking place in a matter of just a couple of weeks, which on an astronomical timeframe is kind of like the blink of an eye, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did that? (laughs) Todd looks like a giddy little kid. (laughs) (laughs) I do because I feel like it was 
just nonstop. It, it became one of the best page turners in this entire series. I'm guessing neither of you feel that way. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got to a point where I could not. I, 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 in fact, it was close to Christmas, uh, close, close to the Christmas break for my, for school and everything. <laughs> and uh, I started staying in my car for extended periods of time because that was the most pla- the most uninterrupted place I could be. And I was, and people were like, "Todd, are you okay? You're spending a lot of time in your car. Is everything all right?" I'm like, "Leave me alone. I have three more chapters to get through." <laughs> and they're like, "Are you working on school stuff?" No. Yeah. Yes. Go away. School. Go away. This is the expanse. Um, but I am. I just. Oh my gosh! I loved it. I don't have to be excited. <sighs> Todd is excited enough. It, it really is enough. expansive. Let's I really. <laughs> so may I let let me start by asking a question, as I always, as I often ask questions. Was there a character that you thought was a standout in this second half of the book that you said I w- I enjoyed following that person's arc? I'm liking LV. Okay. Well, I like. I don't know. I feel like. You don't I feel know. like she actually is probably the character that's involved in the most uh-huh. i guess if that makes sense not that she's doing the most or anything but like the most of more of the story is happening from her point of view mm-hmm. on a bigger level she gets to see things more than say like bobby did or yeah. Teresa, who have just their little point of view and so i've i've been liking her just because i'm getting more story especially, from her point of view especially when she gets when when Trejo gives her access to everything, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, look I, at his underwear, look at his dirty <laughs> letters that he sends to his mother. I don't care. You are Cortasa. Yes. I feel like she has been deliberately put in position to be um, be integral to the solution. Yeah, and because Holden placed her because there. because Holden placed her there. Look at it, he's the chess master now. So yeah, does that? That creeped me out a little bit for some strange reason. It did me too. I mean, oh I'm, gosh, me and Todd had something in common uh-oh. with this book. I know that's a little bit scary, right? Uh, it probably creeped us out for different reasons, though. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, Holden's been the 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 last time that we had Holden, he was the one trying to run around and humanize everybody for mm-hmm. each other. Hey, let's stop being belters and inners. Let's start being humans, shall we? All this kind of stuff. And now he's on the. He is playing super head games and messing with people's lives with a moment where he looks at where he looks at LV and says yeah sorry about that uh <laughs> that's all my fault i did this because i said that you, because i figured you would be a better person to have there than crazy psychopath cortasa that he's the one that got her the job and everything yeah. i'm the uh, one that uh, was telling duarte that you know all about the proto molecule and and now and honestly i have a hard time in charge. i have a hard time believing he's wrong well, so, from from a standpoint of from a standpoint of the writing, obviously, if she wasn't set up to be that way in that first uh, escapade onto a onto a proto molecule world, uh, they certainly capitalized on it later on. But it looks like it was very much grand design, right? She's yeah. going to be the brains behind the solution in the last book. Absolutely, absolutely, and sh- and she has to be. And the Rosie will be the bronze behind the the solution. Now that they're all back. On the ship, which brings, which makes me wonder, the part that freaked me out, uh, by the way, and I think by design from the authors is the very end there, where Proto Amos is talking to Holden, and says, "You know they're coming, and they're gonna kill everyone." Yeah, they want us all gone. Yeah, and and Holden says, "Oh, I know," because they've both seen it. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that's that's disturbing." So secretly, Holden actually died at the beginning of his in like book prison whatever. Oh, mint. way back in book one. Uh no. Well, oh. that would have actually been. Oh, oh that you're would have been about painful. Be- Please don't tell me that Holden has died in book one, and this is all just a dream. Oh no! What, this, no, so this isn't Holden, a dream. This is Holden this died is all at the Miller. very beginning of his imprisonment on Laconia. And okay. he is actually a proto Holden, and he's fake, and no one Ooh. knows it. <laughs> okay, I don't actually believe that. That's, that's beautiful. I like you. that. Why that's not? A, that's a great. Let's put that down under possible reveals. 
sure possible predictions okay that, that might is happen. stephanie's <laughs> not real prediction <laughs> the uh but it about, would actually be interesting if it was that would true be interesting. <laughs> it would be how about um lv having access to the kids the 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 two what are they the, called the brother and sister yeah. zan it's cora and Zan. something yeah alexander but they called Zan. yeah i was like it they spelled it what's the xan so mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah and they're all normal-ish you know they I, they talk just normal and they seem coherent and let's they said that they're they're just improved yeah except Amos is the for, same way now except for and they know momentary stutters behavior stutters yeah where it takes them an extra second to locate behavior patterns that they should do like laughing at jokes or see that's really just a human reaction that's not anything special because i do that too yeah but i see you doing that as a human i don't <laughs> see you doing that as a protomolecule human see but that's just it's a human trait it's oh, not okay. necessarily okay. a protomolecule trait there like, are those humans that are like instead of laughing they just go that's so funny and then instead of laughing, you know. See, that's not different. I'm that's, not that's these kids. You know what? You guys are welcome to your opinion. <laughs> you guys are welcome to your opinion. I'm just going off of what I read in the book. I just told you it's going to be a sassy episode and I just feel like arguing. So, <laughs> so is Duarte one of these proto kids now? I no, mean, he's no. worse. Well, the difference between. He's like. Keep in mind the difference proto -molecule between. Proto molecule. Proto molecule craziness. Man. Uh, so I want to I, I want to take this and I want to go back. Um, what? Six books? To book two. Oh, great. I don't remember book two. Um, book two, sure. when we had the first hybrids that were attacking, uh, that that attacked Bobby's unit. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, that was a million years ago. Yeah, right? But that's the first attempt at making protomolecule human hybrids, Cortasa, involved. So now Cortasa has been involved in trying to make protomolecule human hybrid with Duarte. And again, it goes horribly wrong, not because of anything that Cortaza did, not because of the protomolecule, but because of the interference by the protomolecule killers. But if you're dead and you get reconstructed, you seem to be immune. Yeah, These kids don't have the same impact as, for the loss of time and for all of those kinds so of things. So they said they weren't getting the same time skip. Right. And... Um, when you look at uh, when you look at the two of them, they didn't have the same uh, cognitive disruptions, complete loss of mm -hmm. humanity and of life and everything else of awareness that Duarte had when the first one hit. So something about being alive and combined with proto molecule versus being dead and combined with proto molecule is going to I think that's going to figure in. And we're going to find, I, I'm willing to bet, oh boy, we're making a prediction early. I'm willing to bet that Amos, that, that between Amos and Zan and Cora, that they've got, and the time that they get, by the time they get to the brain, they're going to find out that somehow those three have the ability to do something in this great hmm. protomolecule killer war. That's that's well, that's a gut feeling. So is that the solution? Kill the subject first? Because that doesn't seem like a very ideal solution to me. I'm not saying it's ideal. Well, and they said it wasn't guaranteed that the drones would repair them. Right. Yep. That they didn't repair everyone or try to repair everyone that was dead. So they just repaired certain ones. That's true. Okay, so this this um actually happens in the Expanse series, the television series, and I didn't oh, I catch it until until now. I've avoided watching them, so tell me. Tell I me. haven't. In season five, season season later, somebody there's a little kid I I think on Laconia or something, who um, has a animal and the animal dies and the repair bots take it and a few episodes later that comes back and it's got the creepy eyes and looks alive, but everybody goes that's a zombie dog or whatever it was, you know and. I have to go back and watch that too. But but that made more sense after reading this book. I'm like, oh, hey, look at yeah. that. So. Well, and the, the you know, the one of the things that Cortasa said uh, that was really interesting was that the protomolecule doesn't distinguish uh, between living things. It finds stuff and then says, what do I need? And co-opts whatever's there. The problem is when you've got sentient beings that are being co-opted, something goes weird. And that's where we got the 
the zombies and all that stuff from the from Eros and from the first mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And I think why we're seeing the difference in these other ones. So my, you know, good thing Cortas is out of the way because I think then we would have somebody running around killing people and dropping their bodies in front of the repair drones and saying, fix these because I want another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, and I, hopefully they've kept Cortas's body away from repair <laughs> drones. Well, he didn't have a body. He just. Yeah, he <laughs> turned well, into was gone. Parts but of him were still there. I, I mean, Amos has lost part of his head, so maybe parts of him were still there. Maybe. Let's just hope. Something tells me that Duarte was probably still messing around with him. I feel like. If, like a cat. I feel like once your head is gone, you're pretty much not repair bottable. Amos got a headshot. What? His head was still there. I'm just saying. I guess we'll find out. Okay. Hopefully we won't find out. Hopefully Cortasa is left as a dead bloody mess. I, I suddenly have so many more questions for book nine that weren't like, like written down <laughs> questions. You know what I mean? Do, do, do you know what I, I mean? Yes. In, in the sense of where are we heading? You know, I'm just like, I'm com- I'm kind of at a loss because I mean, we've got these pieces in radically different places now. Yeah. And I don't know how they fit together yet in the rest of the puzzle that we have left. Well, so. if we, I, I, I would venture to say that if we're, if we're looking at, if we're walking into the last book, we're probably not setting up a protracted war between the protomolecule killers and the human race. Yeah. So it's probably going to be something that's going to be resolved fairly quickly. If Amos has anything to do with it, it's going to be punching somebody in the face and killing them. If Holden <laughs> has anything to do with it, it's going to be negotiating a settlement. He's going to talk them to death. He's going to, before Amos comes in and punches them in the face. Um, we are so bored of listening to you. We will go away now. <laughs> That's it. You win. I can't handle this anymore. <laughs> Is that what Duarte did when he threw him in the brig? I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if LV has anything to do with it, they're all going to figure out how to get along. I I feel like the we're all going to get along and live in harmony um, option is probably not going to happen. Yeah. That's me. I feel like there's going to be some fighting, but I feel like the ultimate solution will be some kind of negotiation with Holden directly involved and probably Duarte involved. He's come, he comes back oh. to lucidity and he understands. Some, I think, I think we mentioned this possibility in the last episode, but he comes back to some kind of lucidity and, and understanding more than anybody else from both sides or about both sides is critical in, in negotiating some kind of resolution. I think the, con- the, the, the thing that complicates it for me is that we really don't know anything about these protomolecule kill- killers. Yeah. We don't know if it's just this amoeba of something or other that feels like it needs to kill something, like just because it's part of their DNA, like I just need to destroy this. Or if it's some weird alien i keep thinking of independence day with the big aliens that come oh, in and yeah. attack and then they like yeah and he wraps the tentacle around yeah. the doctor and then he speaks through the dead doctor and Die. like so but we don't know anything about him so are are they even something you can negotiate with yeah. they've always just been retaliating when something's happened stimulus response but obviously they're still bad in the idea that they want to destroy the human race, but is that because they're just bad or is that because it's like part of just their DNA because that's why they killed the protomolecule things? Like I wonder if the, if the, the issue around all of this has to do with the gates and what they're going to come back to is the fact that because the gates exist, when the gates exist and are used, that's what disturbs their lifestyle, their life cycle. Similar to what we saw in Star Trek, the, uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. Oh, with the, they wormhole, go the, wormhole? the wormhole aliens yeah. and they go through the wormhole. It disrupts their lives. And so they were going to kill everybody, close the wormhole, not pre- and prevent people from being able to go through. I just started and of course, in Star that. Trek, we found a solution to that. Uh, whether or not they do this, uh, whether or not something is similar going on with this, that's that's one of the pieces in my head that's like, hmm, maybe they exist in the space outside of space, but also outside of the outside of the uh, gate system. But when the gate system is used, it interrupts their lives. And so they're just responding yeah, to the way that you would a mosquito we, or like, anything we else. We don't yeah. know 
Yeah. Like, we don't know anything about them. We don't know what kind of creature they are. Well, I'm thinking I, of a couple of Doctor Who episodes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like those. I, those also, I also wondered um, how much of it is malevolence and how much of it is this just happens and we're living and you know you're caught in our wake and so when we do something it disrupts your life because like you said you're mosquitoes and we're uh, how yeah. molecule yeah. how things. much malevolence is involved in in us wiping out large quantities of mosquitoes throughout every summer well a lot a lot it of depends on the hour it depends on the hour of the day um but oftentimes it's just stimulus response right i watched so, lilo and stitch i know where mosquitoes come from they're an alien life form sent to breed here on earth oh my goodness i didn't think we'd ever get lilo and stitch that is the here. best reference that's awesome you're all welcome thank you that is my contribution to today's episode thank you very much <laughs> all right so uh what kind of bizarre connections i'll check that one off we're not doing this any ago anymore again uh were there any were there any <laughs> funny moments in this book that you laughed out loud and that you said to yourself that okay that was worth reading this whole thing <laughs> am i the cricket. only one she's like cricket. I, don't, cricket. I don't know no. so i'll share with you the one that i had and it's okay. and maybe it's partly because i had so to set the stage for why this was so funny for me um last semester world cup was going on and I had students literally stand up and walk out of class to go watch World Cup games. Um, not just my class either, all kinds of classes, because the students were basically saying, we could care less about the thousands of dollars that we spent on getting an education. We really want to watch these games, right? Sure. And so it's it's in the it's in the portion of it where they say all where they're they're talking about these two hundred ships coming through the Laconia Gate. And uh and and the in the narration they said if this had been a soccer game, Laconia would have had a world class goalie and three strikers uh, uh, going up against an army of children. <laughs> and I thought, That's right. you know, I'd still put money on the kids. <laughs> and, and you know did. how did you know that worked in this particular case? But I literally when that happened, I did in my car laugh out loud, rewound it, listened to it again, marked it laughed out loud every time i came to it i just giggle because i because it's it's one of those deals and i wrote down um i wrote down david and goliath david and the david and goliath imagery for me came up twice in this book once with bobby taking out the heart of the the heart of the, heart the, tempest. Of the tempest yeah uh by herself right i mean yeah you've got the other things going on to keep the distraction going on but bobby does that by herself and then naomi goes in using the same kind of idea we'll take what we've got we'll do the best we can and we will attack the one spot that we know is critical for everything else yeah in the in the shipbuilding platforms and again david and goliath you know you're not supposed to win but you do i don't know if that works in real life very often but my goodness i just really enjoy reading it and that's uh, something i glossed over um in the recap but was pretty critical that drawing the whirlwind away from the planet so that they could destroy the platforms yeah that was kind of a big deal and uh, really a game changer i mean it it leaves that's part of what leaves a lot of the nebula for the next episode or for the next book i'm like i no more magnetar class ships yeah no more uh no more no more storm or tempest class ships at all what you've got is what you've got. No more antimatter. No more antimatter can be generated. So what you've got is what you got. That's what you think. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder. The universe is a big place. So you mine some and other source. And the universe is infinitely crazy. So it always causes something different. Does Oberon know. become a, do they uh, make a hostile takeover of the, the galaxy now and they become the, the power? Who knows? Yeah. But but whatever happens. Um, another thing that was really interesting to me that, that, and this one, it didn't make me laugh out loud quite so much as it made me go, oh, uh, was the description that, that, and I can't remember whether it was LV, I think it was LV, but it might've been Naomi looking at Laconia City and thinking they've got all of these wide streets. This has been prepared as though it is a place that is going to support a population tens of millions strong, maybe billions of people. Yeah. But the reality is there's very few of them on this planet right now. And it's kind of empty. This whole place that was built kind of like, um, and, and like every 
like every dictator or world dominant world domination uh, uh, adherent. No, that's not the right word. Anyway, sorry, word's not working very well right now. An empire. Uh, empire builder. Every yeah. empire builder thinks this is going to last for thousands of years. So I'll build it as if it is. And then he turns into a, just a mess. Holden makes that point, right? Yeah. It does last for thousands of years, just not the empire itself. Yeah, Yeah, the place might. (laughs) Maybe. Uh, We don't know yet. We still have to see what the portal molecule killers do. We still have places like the Colosseum. Like these... We do. The place exists. It's the empire that doesn't. Yeah, Yeah. the Parthenon in Nashville. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Let's bring it all back to Nashville. That's the same. That's the same thing, yep. (laughs) Um, But I think that I, I think that 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 perspective uh, of what we think we're going to, what we think we can do and what we really do uh, was portrayed really well. Again, I'm not sure it's something that it's not something that made me laugh out loud with mirth, but it was something that made me go, huh? Yeah, Yeah. I guess you're right. Maybe I should focus more on the immediacy of the things that I'm working on rather than (laughs) worrying about how long they're going to last because that's where things get goofy. Uh, how about that for can we, uh, how about that for a level three moment there you go that's level three can we I, I feel like we didn't do a good enough job of eulogizing Bobby properly Ken it seems like you want to do this oh I, I mean I kind of I mean I want to as well and they did on the they did on the Rosie yeah yeah but we but we haven't we have not done an adequate job we have not so I just liked her she was a great character and well I mean was that the books are still there we get that we get to go back and read her forever so which is great but what do you think go ahead oh did, were you finished uh sure okay i cut him off we'll He's go finished. back and forth we'll 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 banter back and forth though i'm gonna watch i just want to i want to play ping pong here so i had a moment when i was listening to this <laughs> no <laughs> just one i was like i don't know what todd thinks i'm talking about but um <laughs> so it was i first started listening to it and um it's this is really has nothing to do with bobby but i'll get back to it in a minute um it's when Teresa comes to the cave and runs into timothy and the security detail follows her and then there's this small battle where timothy amos is shot and i have to admit if you wanted an actual vocal reaction to anything in the book, it was that one for me. And I was like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> so I had to re-listen to it to make sure I caught what, cause I was kind of listening to it at a, a rather quick speed. But so I understood actually going, okay, yes, that's not a shot you survive from. That wasn't just like, oh, he was shot and they think he's dead, but he's not. And he survives. So I was like, okay, well that was just, a stupid ending for Amos and I got really kind of mad about it so I'm like listening to the book and I'm grudging about it because I really like Amos and then they get more into the the drones and everything I was like okay they are slowly explaining that there's a good chance Amos is not dead so now getting back into where Bobby sacrifices herself like there was this huge buildup for this moment of Bobby where she's in her ship with the other woman who ends up being killed and all of this stuff is happening. And so by the time her ending happened, I felt like the authors had done her a just ending. Yeah. And so I felt oh, like I love Bobby and I'm sad that she's gone. But at the same time, I was like, between how Amos was written and killed at that moment, you I didn't know. I don't know if anyone else knew what could possibly happen. I was just like, that was stupid. Yeah. Out of everything that I, like, from the first book all the way through here, that's how he ends. Like, that was just dumb. And I was very mad about it. But with Bobby, I felt like, okay, they, they have made this sacrifice worth it. Yeah. They have given her death meaning. They have given an entire chapter building up to her her moment and so i felt okay with it like i will miss her because i love bobby but it wasn't this shocking oh my gosh i'm heartbroken and it's tragic and because it felt like the authors had done her justice yeah yeah it felt earned yes it felt um felt credible yeah um but it also felt resolved 
um, I feel like uh, one of the one of the things that was going on in the last chapter or two um, when we're listening to to Bobby's thoughts as she's thinking about oh her dad used to say this now she gets it her uh, commander her first marine uh, sergeant used to do this now she understands it there was a lot of resolution that was that was kind of settling in on Bobby that she that gave us that feeling like like you said she th- this is okay i'm good with this and i really think that not that she had to go in that kind of term but if they're going to rescue holden and holden is still going to be a main character in the last book yeah. which he kind of should be needs to be you think i don't think you can have him and bobby as crewmates anymore no. and i think that would have been hard on alex trying to decide okay who where does his loyalties lie because bobby has just spent the last five so years as a captain in charge and so to come back to the rossi with holden that he had supposedly left like there had to have been some sort of give yeah yeah for the final book and i think that that was Bobby. Oh, yeah, I, I don't sense. think that she would have come back to the Rossi. I think she would have been captain on the storm or some other ship. But whatever, I think it would have but, affected Alex. I think it's not necessarily like Bobby and Holden's relationship that would have been strained if Bobby had stayed in the story. It would yeah. have been where where does this put Alex? Yeah. And where do his loyalties lie? And I don't and I love Alex and I think I would have had a harder time as a reader watching that struggle between or trying to make sense of whatever storyline the, the authors decided to do sure. between whether he stayed with the Rossi and Holden or if he followed Bobby. Cause I feel like he'd be giving up on, he'd on be giving someone. up on one of his two families. Naomi, uh, that we get a, we get a glimpse where Naomi is saying, Oh, the, the crew was coming over to the Rossi to crew it up. Right. 22, 22 people that are going to give it a full, a full crew for the first time. And she said, and, and the, I can't remember the line exactly, but she said that, Alex made himself a new family. Yeah. He was showing off his, you know, he was showing this off. Hey, the, the ship, uh, as though it was a place that he normally in the past, he just told, told stories about. Now he can show it mm-hmm. off. And, yeah. and she said, Oh, he made a new family and he probably would be welcomed back to that family if he wanted it. Um, that, that kind of growth, we didn't see it. We get told about it. We get glimpses of what it looked like, but, it's it's very evident that it was there mm-hmm. and to give him the opportunity to grow in that way and then come back yeah you'd have to have a, a reason to make a clean break and so that made sense for the storytelling as well yeah so because there are some characters deaths that i just feel like okay that was that was pointless i don't feel like that that gave the story anything and i feel like bobby's death had purpose to it not just in purpose of sacrificing herself but to move the story forward sure. for the next book and the other characters involved. And it gave her what she wanted because that was when she and Alex were having the, the conversation about how does this end? And Bobby's answer was just, we just keep fighting forever. You know, that's you, you keep fighting till you're dead. And now she did. She, she did. kept she fighting did. till she was dead. And Alex wanted to know what is the end game here? We can't keep going and there's no generation behind us. So we got to, figure out a way to end this. And he, and here he is in a position to figure out how to end this. That perspective too plays back into something that Naomi has been struggling with and something that Elvie presents to Trejo. Um, for, so we've got, we've got both camps looking at this idea of how do we make peace? Um, and, you know, Elvie goes to Trejo and says, you surrender, you give up. And he's like, if you say that again, I will have you, sh- I will have you qu- on a court martial and then I will have you shot. Not, you know, we'll mm-hmm. find out if you're guilty or not, <laughs> then I will have you shot. Yeah. Um, and Naomi is turning around and saying, we've got to make, pay- we've got to make space. We've got to make it possible for them to say, okay, we're going to come back in, but how do you do that? And all of these different kinds of things. Well, you take away their biggest gun and then you, s- you figure out how you can negotiate this. This idea of, how do how do we end conflict? There was a there was a place in uh, the book the previous book when they were talking to Admiral Singh, uh, Admiral Singh, Commander Singh, 
Uh, uh, the guy that was on Medina Station. I don't know. He died. So yeah, you, we don't care about him anymore. Captain Singh. I don't remember. Yeah, it might have been Captain Singh. Well, he was he was Captain Singh first, and then he was Governor, Governor Singh. Singh. Yeah. Um, where and they, then he died because it was all they, his fault. So <laughs> where they talked to him, they talked to him about how do you stop an insurgency? You can't do it by punishing everybody because eventually somebody is going to be you know there's always going to be somebody related to somebody and wanting payback. And so this idea of how do you make peace has been woven between these two books in a really interesting study, at least I think it's an interesting study, on how do we, how do we resolve these kinds of issues? We've had Holden and Amos talking through, well, Cap, you can talk to them all you want, but when the talking stops working, I'll punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, I'll kill him. Uh, but Hol and Holden is always, yeah, but we got to talk. And... Amos is always there. Yep. And when that fails, when that <laughs> fails, um, we're, we're still, we're still following this through line. I'm wondering if the authors have set this up and again, maybe I should have done some, you know, gone out and said, Hey, if the authors of the expanse really wanted to talk about global, global politics and global warfare and how we find, I don't know, maybe, they, and maybe somebody out there in the, in our discord channel is going to be popping something on this in just a few minutes. Uh, <laughs> but but I think this this theme, this this thread that has been woven through that gets us to the end where we do this again with the protomolecule killers. How do we end generations of mutual death? I think it's gonna be interesting. I'm excited. I'm I'm back in my giddy place again. <laughs> I get a kick out of it because I think these are the issues that I these are the issues that I look for in books. I love good stories. I love fun stories. Man, I love it when they just dig in and start dealing with things that are personal and that are relatable and that are visceral. And I'm really excited about finishing this one. Uh, we only have a couple of minutes left. I did want to ask, um, I wanted to ask if what your guys' thoughts were about the reunion between Naomi and Alex on Freehold. Oh, Go for it, Ken. <laughs> I'm, thank you. I'm, try <laughs> I'm trying to remember um, exactly how it went. It feels like something that just kind of, I mean, I know there was probably more depth to it than I'm giving it, but it felt like something that was just kind of good. You know what I mean? Like, this is the way it should happen. And it didn't, it didn't uh, clearly touch my mind that much apparently it just felt like 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 i said it felt like something that was that was handled right you maybe, know what i mean and maybe the reason that i that it stood out to me so much was the the repeated exposures to it like i say i'm on the third time through right yes um and it wasn't until this time um this third time and i remember uh i got to that point and i was i was on a walk it was a lunchtime i was going for a walk i passed caputo's deli and this little bakery and I, I picked up some stuff and I was just kind of having a nice day. And then it gets down and it says, and, and Naomi is going through the slow zone and the Martian patrol ship stops her and says, Hey, get out of here, get out of here. And she says, Oh, I'm sorry. My brother is, you know, back on this planet in this system. He's hurting. I need to get to him. I'm trying to get stuff to him. And they say, well, just get out of here. It's going to be bad. Blah, blah, blah. And, and she says, and she started to set her course. And then she thought, my brother is hurting. I need to go to my brother and take care of him. And so the adjustment in course, sending herself back to freehold and the moment where they, where she shows up at the door and he goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, well, I'm doing it now too. Yeah, I started to cry. It was a cold day. Forty-four my, minutes. My cheeks were really, my cheeks were really, really frozen at that point. Uh, but when she's when she says, "Yeah, I I thought about where I ought to go, and then I decided I ought to come here." He said, "Thought about it a long time, did you?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, thirteen, fourteen seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that I I agree. It felt right, but um, I guess for me, the idea of family uh of the of the importance of having human connections that we cling to that we support that we hold on to each other uh and that we go out of our way even when it may not be the 
the what looks like the smartest decision, it's always the best decision to be with family. And I I don't know, again, I don't know that they necessarily were talking about that, but uh, for me, that was a moment that I went, oh my gosh, what a beautiful moment. And uh, I just kind of held on to it. It was very sweet. I thought it was very sentimental. Nice. I'm probably the only one. Um, I will add just my two cents to your comments. And I think for me, the importance of knowing that isn't necessarily that, and it's it plays so much into this book, that family is not blood. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I obviously, we have a lot of listeners that might be sitting there going, yeah, but my family sucks. I don't <laughs> want to have like... And it's like, I know that, especially for me and Ryan, we both love our families. We love being around our families. There's no real contention with either of our families, but our blood families. But we also have a family that we have chosen Mm -hmm. of friends, of colleagues, of people that we want in our lives, that we make an effort. And I think that that's more of what the meaning of family is in this book than just the the term of family. So I just wanted to clarify that. Oh, I love it. Out there. Just uh, throw that out. As an only child, one of the things that I one of the things that I envied was my friends who had brothers and sisters because I felt alone often regularly for lots of other reasons too that my therapist and I can go into later. <laughs> um, I don't have a therapist. You guys are my therapist. That's as close as I get. Uh, but I I appreciate the idea of choosing a family, um, and it it is a it is a powerful powerful thing to be part of someone's family. Like all you of you are a part of our family. Oh, I wasn't was, gonna go there. Was that cheesy? Yeah, it was that, a little cheesy. That was it was a little cheesy. Wow, only a little, just a little. But just it's for me, much. and it, so it's okay, right? I, I think they would buy it more from you if than they Todd would from said something. If Ken said something like that, everyone would have been no like, "No one would have." Everyone would have rolled their eyes. Come yeah, on, that was now. ridiculous. Who's Mister Sentimental on this podcast? Really? Come on, not really? you. Come on, says who's? the guy who's crying next to me. <laughs> really. <laughs> Ken, let's let's be fair, Ken. We love you. (laughs) You ain't that guy. All right. Um, Anyway, sometimes sentiment is just logic. That's all it is. You know, it could be logic or sentiment uh, uh, masquerading as you. You can probably just not keep arguing about this. I'm impressed. We're gonna we're gonna end this podcast the way we started it. Ken is wrong. (laughs) Wow! <laughs> I didn't realize we were ending this podcast. That was I'm good. out of here. <laughs> oh my close. We're pretty close. All right, we do. We do have a little bit of time for any last minute predictions. Um, I've already given mine. So Me too. So Ken. Ken, I, I have feel like I've given mine too. I don't know. I'm not so many questions so much as or not so many predictions so much as questions. I don't. I want to know where Teresa fits in this. Yeah, she's um, the new Clarissa. She's the new Clarissa. Oh. Oh. oh my word! I sure hope not. She's Amos's I, baby sister now, like the Chris, like Clarissa was. So. Oh, talk that, about complicated relationships between people that love Amos and people that hate Holden. <laughs> uh, that is true. Effing yeah. James Holden. He always <laughs> he brings out the best in everybody, doesn't he? <laughs> the whole solar system, and now two of them. <laughs> Uh, when Elvie at the end of the book goes, I think James Holden. <laughs> I was like, yep, all right. He everybody. Has that, he has that effect on pretty much everybody. Yep. yep. Okay. What is it about Amos and little sister uh, figures then? That's, oh, that's interesting. I, I think there's that something could, to unpack there. That could be worth a few hours on the couch. I tell you right now. Um, Not that way. Somebody just went there. I'm thinking the therapist's couch. Thank Literally. You, you did. I did. Literally eh. zero people went there except Until you, you said people something. Here, zero yeah. people in this room. I guarantee you somebody out there listening went. <clears throat> um. So anyway, I to be honest, there's got to be something into it. I didn't have any little sisters. <laughs> I've got six now, but um, thanks to marriage. But it's the family you pick, man. I tell you. But it's true. But I didn't have any little sisters growing up, and so I did. I had like lots of friends that were girls that were just like, "My, you're my sister now. That's yep. fine. You're my little sister. Watch out for you and so, take care of you." And oh, it was me. That's right. You were one of them. I'm I sure. was one of them because yeah, I've yeah. known Ken for like almost twenty years. Like you've known Ken longer years. than you've known your husband. 
I have. I've known Ken Actually, yeah. longer than I have known my husband. That's pretty awesome. And you, longer than you? Oh, I'm so. very aware of that. I have. She reminds me. Known Ken the longest. <laughs> and I was one of his baby sister, adopted, whatever you want to call it. It's just weird. I don't know. There's, There's got to be something thing. into it, but it's cool. It's yeah. cool. So, um, I, yeah, I don't have, I don't know. I feel like I've laid all my predictions and <laughs> questions out there. So I have one last prediction. James Holden is dead. No. Oh, okay. Teresa is more, I don't know if you guys felt like this. Teresa becomes more and more like her father every second. The manipulation, the subterfuge, the uh, mutiny, the abandonment of whatever it was that her, she was supposed to stand for. Um, all of those things that Duarte did, the mutiny, the subterfuge, abandoning Mars, trying to start her own, his own thing. Yeah. I'm curious if that winds up getting in the way of trying to save humanity along oh. the way. And they have to put Teresa in her place. I think Teresa is going to be better than her father. I sure hope so. Apples and trees, man. Apples and trees. That's another one. Doors and corners. Doors and I corners. Think, I think that Miller comes back for one last uh, doors and corners. Would that be would that be cool? Doors and corners. Yeah, because Miller wakes up and it's all been fake. <laughs> We're all in. He's all, he wakes up on. Thank series. you. Lost. <laughs> We're, <laughs> We're all. They're in, all dead. Actually. We're all in Julie Mao's imagination. We're oh, everyone is dead. I hope not. I. Hope not. Mm. I really hope not. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> All right, guys. Should we call it a wrap? It's a wrap. Thanks, guys. See you next time. Bye. Hey, next book. Should we start it right as soon as we get done with the with the broadcast? Um, No. You do. Go for it. I am. You know, the sooner we start it, the sooner we finish it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we should just end there. <laughs> <All right. laughs>